This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Amen. Hallelujah. He's a miracle working God, isn't he? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. Amen. He's still a miracle working God. He still raises up those who are hurting and broken. He raises up the sick. He sets the lonely in families. Amen. He gives comfort to those who are grieving. He is the strength of your life. He is your refuge, your fortress. Amen. He will provide everything you need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, that's not my message, but it could be. Hallelujah. God's good, isn't He? Oh, I'm telling you, use this time. Use this time. Draw close to God. Draw close to God. I'm telling you, He wants to download some things in our lives. Amen. He wants to clarify some things in our lives. He wants to give us wisdom. Amen. I'm telling you what, all that's going on, it doesn't limit God. Amen. He is above and beyond all the circumstances of the nations of the world. He looks on the plans of the enemy and laughs at them. They're so puny. The plans of wicked men, he laughs at them. They're so puny. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, does anybody know what we're talking about this month? Hope. Reigniting your hope. Is your hope getting reignited? I'm telling you, mine is. And we're going to finish it up today. We're going to do part two of the fulfillment of hope. You know, we got hope. We got the dream God's put within us. We've we've got that uh, uh, which God has birthed within us by His Spirit and His Word. Uh, But God wants to see it come to pass. He wants to see it come to fruition. You know, the life of faith is often compared to the rhythm of sowing and reaping. And our hopes and our dreams begin with a seed that God has sown in our heart. Maybe as you were reading the Scriptures, God just put something in your heart. It it might have been about your family. It might have been about a relationship. It might have been about a business. It might have been about an invention. It might have been about any number of things. Maybe God's purpose for your life uh, or or for your family members. Or or maybe you were in prayer and just worshiping God and spending time with God. God just brought something and put it in your heart, a seed that He wants to see grow. You know, I say this all the time. A seed is your future in miniature. Hallelujah. Your seed is a small beginning with a big future. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Let's look over, if you would, turn over to 2 Kings. And you know, I want to start this off today by just saying, don't quit now. On your hopes and your dreams, don't give up on them. Don't quit now. Don't let go now. We talked about, we're going to talk about the art of perseverance later in, in the message, but don't quit. Don't quit. Everybody say, don't quit. Don't quit. Amen. And here in 2 Kings 13 and verse 14, it says, Now Elisha had been suffering from the illness from which he died. Jehoash, king of Israel, went down to see him and wept over him. My father, my father, he cried, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. Elisha said, get a bow and some arrows. And he did so. He said, take the bow in your hands. He said to the king of Israel, when he had taken it, had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Open the east window, he said. And he opened it. Shoot, Elisha said. And he shot the Lord's arrow of victory. The arrow of victory over Aram, Elisha declared. You will completely destroy the Arameans at Aphek. Now notice this. Here comes the king. He's under pressure. Anybody under pressure? <laughs> He's under pressure. His enemies seem like they're too great for him. They're too strong for him. He goes to see the prophet to get the word of the Lord. And the the prophet says, get the bow and arrow. Now, the bow and arrow is a weapon of warfare, isn't it? It's a weapon of warfare. And he says, I want you to shoot that weapon of warfare. Take that weapon. And he said, as an instrument of warfare, he says, I want you to shoot an arrow. And notice when he did, the prophet laid his hands on the king's hands. 
Now I want you to notice, when you put your hand to your dream, somebody else's hand is on top of your hand. It's your prophet, King Jesus. (laughs) Amen. The apostle and prophet of your call, of your life, of your dream, of your hopes. Thank you for your enthusiasm. And here's the thing, unless you release the faith, release your faith in your hopes and dreams, it's not going to happen. Now, this king had a hope. He hoped that when he got to Elisha, there was going to be some help. (laughs) Amen. And and the prophet says, okay, now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, at this point, he's releasing his faith. He said, you shoot the air of the Lord. Shoot it out. And that's the same thing you and I have to do. The arrow of the Lord has to be released for your hope and dreams. Amen? Absolutely it does. Let's look over at a familiar portion of Scripture, but we need to look at it in Mark 11, 22. Jesus says, have faith in God. How many got faith in God? I know you do. Truly. Now, when Jesus says truly, take it to the bank. This is how it is. He said, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Now, who said that? It's in red in my Bible. That means Jesus, the Son of God, the one who defeated death, hell, and the grave for you and I, who took all of our sins, who removed them as far as the east is from the west, who defeated every work of darkness. He's the one who said this. Not some preacher. (laughs) Come on. I know people get all, you know, I can't help what's in the Bible. I didn't have anything to do with it. We have two choices. We can either accept and believe it, or we can reject and doubt it. I mean, that's it. There ain't no middle ground. That's what he said. So he said, have faith in God. And this is what the era of deliverance was. When, when the king and the prophet together, they released that arrow. And here's the thing with you and I. When we begin to release the arrow of our faith by saying something. Saying something. Listen, just like the hand of the prophet was on the king's hand when he, he released that arrow. Listen, the greater one is in you. And the one who birthed that seed of the hope and dream inside you, he will be putting his hands, as it were, when you release your era of deliverance. Let's go and read a little further. He said, therefore, or because of this principle I've just told you, that whoever will say and not doubt, but will believe that those things which he says or she says will come to pass, they will have whatever they say. He said, because of that principle, whatever you ask for in prayer. How many believe in prayer? Okay. In prayer, believe that you have received it. The arrow of deliverance. And it will be yours. Who said that? Jesus tell the truth? All right. So here's that principle. We're going to release By praying and by saying, Jesus says, you do it both ways, by praying and by saying, he says you can release the arrow of deliverance to see your hopes and dreams come to fruition. You've got to do something with it. Yes, you've got to nurture it, you've got to cultivate it, you've got to recognize it, you've got to do all the things we've talked about before. We're not going to listen to the lying prophets. We talked about that last week. Because the lying prophets are trying to get you to say something too. Amen. They're trying to get you to say, it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. It doesn't work for you. God didn't really tell you that. That's passed away. That saying and praying stuff passed away. Whatever it might be, the lying prophets, don't listen to them. So praying and saying, it's releasing. When we do that, we're releasing hope's potential. The seed is potential, isn't it? I mean, if you look at, uh, you look at a tomato seed or, or a seed of corn or any kind of seed, I, that, when you look at that seed, there is potential in that, isn't it? 
depending on the nature of the seed, there's potential in it. You know, even a great redwood that grows to 300 feet tall, you can hold the seed in your hand. So there's potential in the seed. And so when, when we release hope, it's a seed God's put in us. We release it by what? Our saying, our believing, our praying, our believing. What are we doing? We're releasing the air of deliverance and we're releasing hope's potential. In Romans 4, it says that Abraham, against all human hope gone, he said he believed in hope. Hope get, Faith gives substance to hope, but you got to have a hope to have some direction for your, your arrow to fly. You know, we don't want to be like that, that little saying, I shot an arrow into the air. And where, I shot an, what is it? I shot an arrow into the air, and where it lands, I do not care. That's what I'm trying to Well, we do care. We want it to hit the target, don't we? <laughs> We want to hit the target. And the target is what? It's our hopes. That's our blueprint. That's our dream. That's what God's given us. So we want to give substance to that. So here's the thing. What arrow have you shot? And in what direction have you shot it? (laughs) See, some people shoot the arrow at their brothers and sisters. How do you do it with the words of your mouth? We, we criticize, we talk, we, not you, but people you know, maybe. So we have to be careful about that, don't we? You, I, want to, I want my arrow to go right on target. I want to release it right on target. So we do that by praying and by saying. And then we need to what? We need to persevere. And perseverance is the art of the, I call it the art of the follow-through. You know, I, I, I'm not an archer or anything like that, but I, I've looked at it, and I know this, you know, for, uh, an archer has got to have a certain stance. There's got to be held steady. You know, if about the time he releases it, he does that. Isn't that right? So there's follow-through. So the, this is where many believers uh, never see their hopes come to pass because they haven't learned the art of the follow-through. We're going to talk about that for a minute here. In Hebrews 12, you know the Scripture, but I'm going to read it. Nevertheless, therefore, you know, he just got that Hebrews 11, that hall of fame of faith. He talked about all the, all the men and women of faith there. He said, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. We talked about that. And the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance, with perseverance. Run with who? That should be your companion. And the race is perseverance. I'm run- perseverance is right here. Me and perseverance. We're, we're, we're locked arm in arm. We're running this race together. Run with perseverance. <laughs> the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Why? Because that's the finish line. He's at the finish line, the finish line of the hope and dream that he gave you because he goes on to say here, he says he's the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. He's the one that gave you the seed of the hope. He originated it in your your spirit, in your life, and he's the one that's going to be at the finish line when it comes to pass. So we just run with perseverance, locked arm in arm with perseverance, and we got our eyes fixed on what? On the finish line where Jesus is standing. And we know this. we got this great cloud of witnesses cheering us on. This is why we need to cheer one another on. Listen, when somebody tells you something that, that's a dream and a hope, and I mean, it might strike you. You might think, that's the craziest thing. That's the most outland. I never heard of it. You know, just don't say anything if you can't say anything good. Come on. Anybody remember Joseph in the Bible? Little Joseph. He was the youngest of all his brothers. And in that day and culture, that meant <clears throat> he was out keeping the sheep. That was the lowliest job. <laughs> he was the low brother on the totem pole. And yet he dreamed, God gave him a dream, didn't he? And he began to share it. Nobody believed it. Nobody believed it. But you know what? It was still a dream from God. 
So don't be too quick to just, you know, discourage people. You know, let's encourage one another in the dream and the hopes that God has given us. Amen? Listen, your hopes and dreams, just like Joseph, will always have an enemy. Look in Mark chapter 4 over there. Jesus made this real clear. It will always have an enemy. I wish I could say, you know, you got a dream from God, you got it made. But why would you have to, you wouldn't have to persevere if there was no opposition, would you? Notice what he says here, Mark 4, 15. He's explaining the parable that he gave of the sower. He said, some people are like seed along the path path where the word is sown, as soon as they hear it, Satan comes to take away the word that was sown in them. As soon as God gives you that dream, that promise, that hope within you, I'm telling you, the devil's going to do everything he can to steal it before it can get any root in it. He'll send unbelieving believers. I know that sounds like an oxymoron. But you know, you know this is true. We all know it in our own life. You can have faith in one area and yet struggle in another area. Isn't that true? So I'm not being critical. But you know, it, it amazes me how that I never understood this, how believers could believe in the greatest thing they would ever receive in their life, the new birth, but yet struggle, trip over these little things. I, if God can do that which is greatest, the new birth, Amen. surely He can do the, these lesser things, can He? I don't understand how, you know. So, whatever he's given you, notice this, that you're going, you will have an enemy. And Paul said this in Ephesians 6, 12. And he said, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, sometimes the devil will use flesh and blood. Sometimes the members of your own household will be those that oppose you the most. But you've got to remember that it's not flesh and blood that you are warring against. Flesh and blood cannot keep the promise from coming to pass. We see that in Joseph's life, didn't he? His brothers did everything they could to keep it from coming to pass, but they couldn't stop it. They couldn't stop it. So you're going to have an enemy. This is why I'm talking about the art of persevering. Understand there's going to be opposition so that when it happens, you don't go, oh, what's the matter? I understand. Listen, join the rest of us who have a hope. Now here, if you just roll over and, you know, become a doormat, then you know you're not going to, you're not going to experience any conflict. You're going to experience defeat. I'd rather be in the battle. I'd st- at least when I'm fighting, I still know, hey, I'm, I'm in the fight. I could land a punch. <laughs> Amen? But man, I mean, you know, if I don't even get in a ring, I'm already defeated. So your hopes and dreams will always have an enemy. Jesus said, when the... When, 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 uh, the word is sown. The dream comes to you. Satan comes immediately. And then he said, others are on rocky, sown on rocky places. Hear the word. Receive it with joy. But they have no root. They only last a short time. See, we're talking about the art of perseverance. Say, man, I'm telling you, when God speaks a word to you, when God, out of, his, out of the Bible, he, he, you know, you're reading that word, you're studying that word, and He speaks a promise, He speaks that word to you, you know, it just, man, or he, you're in prayer, and, and God puts something on the inside of you, a dream and a hope, and I mean, man, you're like, Pwah. but then time goes by. And it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in a week or a month. And I'm telling you, man, you know, it's real easy to let the root, the root's got to go down. And I always say this, first the root, then the fruit. No root. So he says, rocky places, we're talking about persevering. He says, when trouble or persecution comes, they quickly fall away. Why? They have no root. You know, living down in South Florida, we saw the, you know, the palm trees down there, and they're very uniquely uh, suited for that atmosphere or that climate, because especially when the hurricanes come. Because when the hurricanes come, you know, a lot of the other types of trees they're snapped, but the the palm tree is made in such a way. Of course, it's got a, a root base, but it bends, but it don't break. It bends, but it don't break. 
And see, here's the thing. You may bend, but you don't have to break. You may bend, but you don't have to break. Amen? You can hold fast. Amen? Put down deep roots. He said, then others... Seeds on among thorns. Hear the word. The word is a light, deceitfulness of wealth, desires of other things. Come in and choke the word. Listen, you've got you've to nourish the hope God's given you. You've got to nourish it. You've got to water it. You've got to take care of it. Amen? Because if you don't, you know what? The cares of this life, the deceitfulness, and other things come in and begin to crowd out the dream. Amen? You know, uh, Cindy, every, every year since we moved back, she's got a little, her little vegetable garden. And so she gets out there, you know, and she puts the seed in the ground, and that's it. She don't have to water it. She don't have to weed it. She don't have to do anything. Just go out and get to harvest. Right? You'd wonder what kind of miracle seed those were, wouldn't you? Well, why do we get surprised when Jesus talks about the spiritual seed that way, that we have to nurture it? Listen, you know, I mean, when she plants that garden, I mean, there's not a sprig of grass in it. But you know what? (laughs) When that plant grows up, it seems like what grows up with it. I don't know where it came from. We cleaned every sprig. There was no grass. But it comes up. We live in a world... Amen? Where, you know, our hopes and our dreams are going to be attacked by the weeds of negativity. The, the weeds of the cares and worries of this life. All those kind of things kind of come in. He said, if, if we don't take care of it, he said, they can choke out even the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. Wow. Well, that tells me I need to be, be taking care of the seed, the dream, the hope God's put in me, I need to be taking care of it. We're talking about your hopes and dreams will always have an enemy. I, I put it this way. When your dream, or you can say your hope, awakens within you, your adversary will be wakened against you. That's what Jesus said. As soon as the word comes, he said, who comes next? Satan. He said, he comes for, always comes for the word's sake. God speaks a word to you, a dream, a hope he puts in you. Guess what? The devil's going to come. Immediately he's going to come with a doubt. Well, that wasn't God. God's not going to do that. Well, you remember so-and-so, they had a similar dream, and it never happened for them. He always comes. As soon as your dream awakens within you, your adversary will be waking against you. And like I said, sometimes he uses people. I mean, you look at, we talked about Joseph, you look at Nehemiah. When he, he had a dream, he's going to rebuild the walls, but you know, Sanballat and all those people coming against him. Well, they didn't even know who Nehemiah was till he got there with his dream. But once he got there and he began to talk about his dream, I mean, all of a sudden, something began to stir up in them because they didn't like it. They didn't want to see the dream. Listen, the devil doesn't want to see your dream come to pass. He doesn't want to see the promise and the hope that God's given you for your life, for your family, for your church, for your city, for the nation, whatever it might be. He doesn't want to see it come to pass because it glorifies God. So when your dream awakens, don't be surprised that your adversary will also be awakened against you. Jesus said, the Satan comes for the Word's sake. What's he after? The hope that the Word's brought you, the dream that the Word's formed in you. He's after that. He's after the precious seed. See, he don't care if you're a millionaire, if God's seed, God's promise for you in another area is primarily what God is wanting to do in and through your life. That's what he wants to steal. He don't care whether you're rich or poor. That don't matter to him. He'll use either one. If you don't have God in your life and you don't have things in proper perspective, He'll use either one against you. He's a spirit. What does He care about money? What does He care about what kind of car you drive? Come on, folks. We get so uptight about natural things. Listen, we need to look beyond that. Listen, you are closer... We're talking about perseverance. You're closer than you think. You're closer than you think. 
I believe that. Amen. Amen. Look in 2 Corinthians over there, chapter 12. You're closer than you think. And many times when we are feeling like, man, I just, I don't know. Man, it just seems so hard. It's so difficult. It seems like the enemy is just, I mean, it's just an all-out attack against me in this area. You know, many times that's because we're closer to receiving the fulfillment of our hope and dream than we thought. We're closer than we thought. You know, we've talked about this before. David at Ziklag, remember? He was out. He came back from fighting the, the enemies of Israel. He came back to Ziklag and his family and all his men's families. They had been taken. All their stuff had been taken and their houses had been burnt. You ever feel like that? Lord, I'm trying to live for you and serve you. And this is what happens. This is what I get. Come on. And I mean, he said they were, they were so discouraged, they, they cried till they couldn't cry no more. And man, they, I mean, we ain't talking about no wimpy people here. Man, these are people that went down into a pit and, and you know, and killed a lion barehanded. I mean, you know, <laughs> these were some mighty men of warfare. But I'm telling you, this blow, it just dealt them a blow that it was just emotionally, it was just wham. I mean, to the point they said they were talking about stoning David. Man, it's getting pretty serious here. So what did David do? Same thing you need to do. It says he encouraged himself in the Lord. Now look over here, 1 Corinthians 12. Here's one of the ways, and I believe the chief way we can do this. Paul is talking about his thorn in the flesh. He said, a messenger from Satan that buffeted him. And if you read in the book of Acts, wherever uh, Paul went, it seemed like the devil was always stirring up people against him, wasn't he? Stoning him, beating him with rods, putting him in prison, having to escape over a wall in a basket. I mean, you know, it was everywhere he dogged the steps of Paul. So if anybody knew what it was like to have some opposition, it was Paul, wasn't it? He said in verse 8, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power, everybody say God's power, is made perfect in weakness. Woo. See, when you're feeling the weakest, when you've, the attack seems the strongest against you and you, you feel the weakest, that's when the power of God is going to come upon your situation and put you over. He said, therefore, I'm going to boast more gladly about my weaknesses. Why? So the Christ's power may rest on me. What do you think Christ's power would do? I mean, if Christ's power came on you, would it do something? Would it just give you a goose bump? That would be it. Oh, I felt good, but I'm still in bondage. No. When the power, you look, read throughout the Scriptures, when the power of God moved upon a person in their life, in their situation, I'm telling you what, something happened. Their sins were forgiven. The, uh, a devil was cast out. A need was met, a healing in their body. You go and look at it. When the power of God came on a person, something positive happened in their life. Something tangible, something measurable. They knew they had received something from God. Not just a goosebump. <laughs> so when you're feeling so weak, when it looks like it's it's over. I, I just, yeah, I don't think I can stand him. I don't think, that's when we need to learn how to draw upon the grace of God. Now, see, you can see if you're all caught up with worry and fears and doubts and everything, you, you're not going to be able to draw on the strength. You've got to get alone with God. Come on. And block out all this other stuff and draw upon His grace. Imbibe it. Imbibe it. You know, uh, the, the, the power of God, the anointing of God, you know, it, it can saturate a person, can it? We see this, it can even saturate the clothes that a person wore. 
Remember the woman with the issue of blood? Oh, she, she never touched Jesus. She just touched the hem of his garment. She said, if I can just touch his clothes. And see, we need to understand this. When we get in the presence of God and we, we block out everything else, we spend time in him, we begin to imbibe, as it were, his spirit, his anointing, his power, his joy, his peace, his grace, his strength, his wisdom. But if I'm so busy running around trying to do everything myself, I'm telling you what, I don't believe in it, but good luck. I don't know what else to tell you. You're closer than you think. Perseverance, the art of follow through. All right. Then also, we're talking about the fulfillment of hope. You want to see your hope fulfilled? Here's what you need to do. You need to also have a kingdom mentality of sowing and reaping. You want to see your dream come to pass? You've got to have this mentality in you of sowing and reaping. Absolutely. Develop a seed faith mentality. Remember we said a seed is your future in miniature? In Proverbs 11, I'll read this scripture to you. Proverbs 11, verse 25. He says this. He says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. In other words, what you help make it happen for someone else, amen, is going to come back as what? Help for you. Every dream that God gives us will ultimately require someone or ones to help us in its accomplishment. No man's an island to himself. Thoreau said that, but it's still true. <laughs> but that's true. You, you know, everyone, we, the body, we need one another. Didn't know what Paul said? He said, the hand can't say to the eye, I don't have any need of you, or the eye to the foot, I don't have any need of you. We need one another. And we develop this mentality of seed time and harvest. I mean, you know, you're a walking warehouse of seeds. Now, don't just think about money here. That get, get, get beyond that. that we, we know about that. that it's included. But I, wanna, I want you to raise your thinking higher than just some natural money. What, what about the seed of your faith in prayer? Praying for your brothers and sisters. Praying that, that God will strengthen them. Praying and agreeing with them that their hopes and their dreams will come to pass. Using your time and your talents to, to help others. There's all kinds of things you can sow. You've got so many seeds. You know, love, kindness, faith. Your talents, your abilities. But sowing seed. See, some people, all they ever sow is complaining seed. Well, Jesus said... You're going to receive back good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Are men going to pour back in your lap? What are they going to pour back? Complaining. I hear enough negative news. I don't need people complaining around me. How about you? See, we can become so conscious sometimes of our need that we forget to inventory our seed. Jesus, many times, like the little boy with the fishes, you know, he had this thousands and thousands of people to feed. He said, okay, well, you know, the disciples reacted like most of us would. Lord, I, I mean, man, I, I mean, if we had a year's worth of wages, we couldn't buy, you know, a bite of food for all this people. Because all they could see is, is what they didn't have, what they did need. But Jesus said, what do you have? Well, we got a little boy's lunch here. That'll do it. That'll do it. Little boy's lunch. That'll be enough. Amen. Four lepers outside the besieged city. Remember that? They're in Samaria. I mean, you know, they were weak. They had no weapons. They had no strength. Just enough to shuffle along. But what? God used them as soon as they begin to move out. God turned the whole situation. So here's the thing. What is it that you have? Don't look at what you 
think you need, what do you have? What seed do you have that you could sow? Everyone, everybody in here, you could sow prayer. You've got faith. If you're a believer, the Bible says God's given to everybody a measure of faith. Every believer has a measure of faith. You can, you can begin to pray for your brothers and sisters. You can begin to sow into their life. If you, you, you discover somebody's dream or something, you might have a talent or ability. You might have some wisdom, some insight that could help them move them along. Thank you for your enthusiasm. We have to be careful, you know, because we live in a country, you know, uh, uh, where, it, uh, you know, how can I put this? I don't want to offend anybody, but, you know, we live in a country where we're creating a generation of enabled people. We want somebody else to do stuff for us. You decide for me. You, you make the decision for me. You, you take care of me. You do this. You do that. We don't want to take any individual responsibility or initiative anymore. We want somebody else to do something for us, you know. And a lot of times, it ends up being the, the one that's the least capable of doing it. Amen? We look to our government to do everything for us. They can't even get along. Let alone pass any kind of legislation that's going to help anybody. And I don't care what flavor you are, Democrat, Republican, or in between. They can't get along. And they're true, they can't get along. All they can do is, you know, one's in a ditch over here and one's in a ditch over here. And all they know to do is throw rocks at each other. Somebody needs to get out of the ditch and get on the middle of the road and get something done. Or go home. <laughs> But, you know, here's the thing. Well, you know, we are, as a body of Christ, you know, we are to help one another. I, I want to help you uh, achieve your dream. I want to see your family saved. I want to see you help, healthy in your body. I want to I see you fulfilled in that dream God's given you. And when you succeed, I'm going to rejoice. I'm not going to be mad about it. <laughs> All right, remember this. <clears throat> Everybody knows what follows sowing, right? What follows sowing? What? This is not a trick question. <laughs> you know what follows sowing? Waiting. Well, it's kind of a trick question, wasn't it? But, you know, I go back to Cindy's uh, vegetable garden. You know, when we plant, she planted seeds there, you know what? We didn't get up the next morning and go out there and say, Man, I planted tomato seed right there, and there is not one tomato here. I don't even see a leaf popped up yet. I got bad seed. I knew it. You'd think, well, what in the world is wrong with him? But when we, spiritually speaking, we begin to sow and we don't see it come back immediately, that's how we, many, many Christians react. This is not Jack and the Beanstalk with the magic beans. That's, some, that's in some other realm <laughs> that doesn't exist. But listen, what follows sowing is waiting. That's why you've got to persevere. You want to be a gardener? You got to persevere. You want to be a farmer? You got to persevere. You want to see your hopes come to pass? You got to persevere. You got to understand seed time and harvest. That in between the harvest, there's some waiting. As I said before, that's where we do the watering, the weeding, and the nurturing. And this is where we help one another. This is where we help one another. I help water yours, you help water mine. I help weed yours. You help weed mine. And then when we both have the harvest, we both rejoice. I rejoice at your harvest. When your dream comes to pass, you rejoice when mine comes to pass. We're talking about the fulfillment of hope. Amen. All right, let me give you some action steps here real quickly. My time is up. <clears throat> First of all, I trust you have some hope or dream within you. 
that you're wanting to see come to pass, whether for yourself or a family member, uh, you know, for the kingdom of God. You, you, there's something there, you know, because if you don't, what, do you, what in the world are you living for? I mean, life is more than going to the widget factory and making widgets. Left-handed widgets this week, right-handed widgets next week. If the, I mean, that's going to get, that's going to get, life is going to get awful dull and boring. It's when you have a hope and a dream. That's when passion can rise. That's when your expectation arises. That's when you really connect with God because you know it's going to take God to bring this to pass. Whew. Don't you like working with God? Absolutely. So the first thing is be clear in your prayers and words concerning your hopes and dreams. In other words, when you shoot the arrow, don't be like the little rhyme I said, I, I shot an arrow into the air and where it lands, I do not care. Because if you expect nothing, guess what you'll get? So be specific. What is your hope and dream? Align your prayers and your faith with the, your dream. Shoot for the bullseye. Shoot for the target. Amen? Absolutely. Thank you for your enthusiasm. <laughs> then you got to what? Practice perseverance. Just don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. What did he say over there in Galatians? For in due season, what? When will you read? In due season. In due season. In due season. Every hope has a season of growth. You know, I, I'm not a farmer, but some of you that farm or garden more than I do, I could probably say, okay, what's the, you know, from the time you plant a seed to the plant time, it, it's time for harvesting corn, you could probably tell me how many days it is. The farmer sure could, couldn't he? Or if he's planting cotton, he can tell you, I'm going to plant here, and then I'm going to reap here. He knows that. that that's the growing season. That's the due season. So, you know, during that due season, everything's, you know, he's taking care of it. He's watering. He's nurturing. But everything's, hey, everything's working right. And see, this is where deception comes in. See, because when you sow your seed for your hope in the future that God's given you, because you don't see anything happening right away, or you see a few weeds that you have to pull, the devil comes along and tells you, see, there, it's not working. Don't quit. And then finally, Commit to the kingdom mentality of sowing and reaping. Help others achieve their dreams. Help others achieve their dreams. Boy, it's good for you. This is why we want people to, you know, we encourage people to serve somewhere in, in, at Passion Church. It's practice for you so that when you get out there, you know, you can serve. I'll tell you what, you go help your neighbor. See, their dream come to pass, and I'm going to tell you what, they'll be open to hear the gospel. They absolutely will. So commit to that, that mentality of seed time and harvest. Your dream, your hope, it has a due season. And I believe many of you are closer than you think. You draw on the strength of God's grace. You let the encouragement of the Holy Spirit and God's Word rise up in you and every day. Listen, don't think it's strange if you have a weed in your garden. Just pull it out. Pull it out. A doubt is a weed. A fear is a weed. Anxiety is a weed. Discouragement is a weed. We all have them in our garden. We just pull them up. Let's pray. Father, today, Lord, we, we talked about the fulfillment of our hopes again. Lord, we're talking about the hope and the dream that you birth in seed form in our hearts. Lord, as we follow you, as we fellowship with you, as we read your word, Father, you have put within us a hope hope for our future. Lord, we, we read in Jeremiah 29, you said that you know the plans that you have for us. Every one of us, you have a plan. You have a purpose. And our hopes and dreams, Lord, are the fruit of that purpose. And so, Father, I pray today for my brothers and sisters that you would strengthen 
each one by the spirit of might and power in their innermost being. I thank you, Lord, that they will be rooted and grounded in your faith and your faithfulness and your love. Father, that they will rest with great assurance today that the hope within them is a hope birthed by the Spirit of the living God and that there is a due season. There is a due season. Encourage those that are discouraged. Teach us, Lord, how to draw upon your grace every day in this race to persevere, to not be weary in well-doing. Father, for our due season is coming. It's coming. Hallelujah. If you're here this morning and you're, you need prayer for anything, whatever it might be, maybe it's healing in your body, maybe it's finances, whatever it might be, I want to pray for you. I mean, normally we would have you come down, but what we do now is we just ask you to just stand at your seat there so that I know to include you in this prayer, whatever it might be. I'm looking. Okay, one, two. Okay, here we go. Great. Hallelujah. Father, you see those who are standing. And Lord, I, I just agree with them right now. I agree with them right now. In the name of Jesus, Father, that, that their dream will come to pass. I agree with them, Father, for healing in their bodies. I agree with them, Father, for, uh, Father, for financial provision to, be, to come forth in Jesus' name. Devil, take your hands off of their money. Take your hands off of their bodies. Take your hands off of their minds. Take your hands off of their families. In the name of Jesus, we command you to go from them. Father, I thank you that your provision, your grace, Lord, is more than enough for my brothers and sisters. A due season is at hand for them. A due season. A due season in Jesus' name. Encourage them, Father. Encourage them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You can be seated. You know, normally we do this, and we didn't do it, and I know school's already started, but if we've got any teachers here, or if you're here, any young people, and you're enrolled in school, I want to just pray over you before we let you go today. Just stand up wherever you are. If you're teaching, or you're involved in the education system in any way, student, educator, administrator, whatever, in the school system, just stand up. I just want to cover you in prayer. Hallelujah. Father, now, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I declare Psalm 91 over each and every one of these as they go about, Father, their business as educators. Father, for the next generation, I thank you, Father, that your wisdom will flow through them. I thank you for the anointing of God to be upon them, Father, and what you've called them to do. I speak peace in their classrooms, in their offices. Father, I speak divine protection over their health in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that you cause them to prosper in what they put their hand to this year. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, we bless them. We cover them and surround them with faith and love. We declare no weapon formed against them will prosper, O God. Thank you. They are blessed, blessed, blessed in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. amen. You may be seated. Let me just share Scripture, and then we're going to dismiss you and let you go. And, uh, but as you're giving this morning, I just want to remind you of this Scripture. Jesus talked about it. He said, give, and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, Shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. And that sounds like substance to me, amen? For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. As you're giving of your tithes and offerings and this morning, keep this in mind that what you're doing is you're, you're sowing a seed. But you know what? That seed is your future miniature. It is, your, it is the increase that God desires to work in your finances in miniature. You sow a seed, but you're going to reap a harvest. And Luke says here, by the Spirit of God, it's going to be good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Amen. Hallelujah. Just hold your offering there if you're giving this morning. Father, I thank you for your faithful people here at Passion Church. And Lord, those who are giving this morning and those who've already given, Father, I thank you the seed that that 
that has been planted and the seed that is, will be planted this morning, Father, I thank you, Lord. It's going to return back to them. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I thank you, Lord, in promotions. I thank you, Lord, in, in raises and pay and better jobs. Uh, Father, uh, uh, sending clients to them if they're on their own business, whatever it may be. I thank you, Father. The blessing of the Lord is upon them. And, Lord, you said your blessing, it makes rich, and you add no sorrow to it. Hallelujah. Would you stand to your feet? Hallelujah. The fulfillment of hope. Hope reignited. No matter what COVID-19 is doing, no matter what all the turmoil that's going on in our nation, I'm going to tell you what, the kingdom of God, eternal, unshakable, unmovable, that's where we're, we have our feet planted. That's where we have our seed uh, sown. Amen. Well, I'm going to dismiss you in just a moment. These two, as always, go out this way, and usher will be over there if you're giving, and these two sections will go out this way and out the hallway, and there will be an usher over there with a, basket as, uh, with a bucket as well. Father, again, I just bless your people. I thank you as they go. Father, I thank you that, that no weapon formed against them will prosper. I thank you, Father, that no evil plague or sickness will come near them or their families. Father, I bless them. And whatever they put their hands to do this week, Father, it prospers. And, Father, I thank you that you will bring people by their path, that they will have opportunity to sow the most important seed ever, the seed of eternal life. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.